0: A lot of the problem too, and we're finding that suppliers and vendors of these products, this is all new stuff and we're putting it on the same machinery and it just doesn't work the same way anymore. There's going to be a lot more changes coming as well. And I, even some of the larger accounts we work with, they're buying recycling companies.
1: Welcome everyone to the Operation Automation Podcast by Omron, where we are talking all things factory automation. My name is Carrie Lee, I'm the Product Manager for Sysmac Studio, NJNX Controllers, and NXIO. I've been with Omron for about two and a half years and have about 15 years of experience in automation. Sitting here with me is Kenny Heidel.
2: Hi everyone, I'm Kenny Heidel and I'm a National Account Manager focusing on channel engagement I've been with Omron for over three years now and have 12 years of combined factory and industrial automation experience.
1: Kenny and I are neighbors at our Omron office and would often have conversations at the coffee machine or in the hallways where we would talk about products, new technologies and trends, and of course, the Chicago White Sox. We hope to recreate that time here in our podcast and share it with listeners so that you can learn along with us. So whether you are pouring yourself the first or fifth coffee of the day, driving to your first appointment, or walking the dog, we hope to help you start your day off right, with a little fun, and hopefully you'll learn something new. The episode title for today is, She's Got the Whole World in Her Hands, because we have Terry Keesling, who's a global account manager.
2: She got the whole world in her hands. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I just, again, break into song. But yes, we have a very exciting show today. Uh, we are welcoming uh, Terry Kiesling. Uh, Terry, if you don't mind, just give us a little bit of background uh, about yourself for our listeners.
0: Sure, I'm currently the global account manager for Omron in the Americas. I handle um, one account globally and a few others as well. I've been in technology sales now for about oh. 18 to 22 years depending on how you uh, you look at it love it love it it just it's my passion um, love working with people love being a solutions provider yep
2: fantastic so Carrie she blows our experience out of the water then yeah just a little bit <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh, let's start the way we like to start off these podcasts getting to know a little bit more about you with some fun questions to start. So, Terry, what has been your go-to pandemic food order?
0: Oh, we've got a little Italian restaurant here in town, Cucina Bella. Pretty much anything on the menu.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I can always go for Italian.
2: I know. I know. And I think we could collectively hear all of our listeners go, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Terry, so if you have to get a lot of work done. What is your music choice that you're going to put on? You know, you can put your headphones on. you got to crush through something. Maybe it's a a sales report or something like that. What's your go-to music
0: choice? Well, you know, most of my day, unfortunately, I don't get to listen to a lot of music. If I'm doing work around the house or things, it's going to be Chili Peppers, Dave Matthews, something like that. Um, But most of my day is spent talking to people, so I can't have any music in the background. So, But if I'm doing work around the house, that's what it's going to be.
2: Nice. Nice. Respect. Respect that.
1: (laughs) So other than doing work around the house, what's your uh, favorite hobby when you're not working?
0: I am the world's most passionate gardener. Flowers, vegetables, you name it. Um, My husband and I spend far too much time (laughs) and money doing that. But we just love it. It's just one of those things that... You know, it's nurturing and it's beautiful when you're done and you enjoy doing it and you always find new muscles, you know, doing it. Um, <laughs> so that's our thing. So what are you planting this year? Oh, my goodness. I have six planter boxes for vegetables. Wow. You don't want to know what all of them are. <laughs> wow. Everything from tomatoes to cabbage and onions and peppers and then flowers. I've got like six flower beds around my house. So it keeps me busy. It's tough when I travel though, because my husband's not a very good weeder, so <laughs> come back a lot of to just weeds to come home too yeah
2: i can join I can join that crew with him i that might be the the activity that I dislike doing the most is is weeding uh so Terry, we kind of wanted to uh you know pick your brain a little bit, uh especially with your experience as a uh, global account manager here with omron um so kind of our first question would be, you know, what's it like to work as a as a global account manager? Mainly, you know, you got cross geographical teams that you're interfacing with. You have locations for those customers you work with in different spots. You know, what's that like and how how do you how do you approach that?
0: Well, you know, it's really interesting because with Omron, this is really a new thing. Um, Even though the company's been global, they haven't really connected the dots until I think this role came together I think what I like the most about it is obviously each one of our OEXs, which is our regions, are very different. Cultures are different. The way people approach business is different. I've learned a lot. And then learning how to support those people in the different areas because we don't all go to market the same way. Even North America and South America are different. I spent a couple of weeks in South America, and that was fascinating. Um, Unfortunately, due to COVID, I have not been able to do much sales in uh, Asia Pacific or in Europe, but we have some really excellent people in those regions. And as soon as we're able to travel again, you know, we've got some things lined up. So I'm very, very excited about that. But you know, what's really cool about working with different people is they bring different ideas and You manage people in different ways, depending on, first of all, what their experience level is, what their background is and how they bring things to the table. We've got a number of very strong teams around the globe, and it's very interesting to see they're very much on top of what we're doing. They adhere to the plan. They look for things to go in and talk to customers about. And what's really nice is we're able to do top down, bottom up, because I'm managing corporate here. But they're managing all the satellite plants and we can share information. And the collaboration that I see between our OEXs is amazing. Um, we've got things going on between China and Vietnam right now that are very, very important. We've got, you know, Europe and the Americas collaborate all the time. So it's it's really nice to see this nice mix and blend. We see something going on in one location, we're able to bring it to Vietnam, and then we're able to take that to China and then we're able to bring that back to some country in Europe. And we truly are developing this great global footprint that our customers are recognizing. Because I think people have said there's global accounts for a long time, but it's it's a challenge and it's it's definitely um a craft. And we um we're doing a good job. We're putting it together. And I knew when I took this role that this was something it was uncharted waters, but I usually find myself there, and I like that because you have the opportunity to be creative. But It's it's a great team I work with. Wow, I didn't even know we were doing that much
1: uh, collaboration across the globe.
0: That's really cool. But we have PDCAs between all the OEXs every month and then again with Japan. So, yeah, it's it's really great to see these projects bloom and grow then throughout the globe.
1: You've got global responsibility, but you've got quite a lot of experience in technology and technical sales, what would you say has been the biggest difference between having a few focused companies as opposed to, you know, maybe a more traditional sales role where you're kind of focused on a territory?
0: Well, I mean, that's, that's a great question because it can be a real plus where you've got things happening in a different region. First of all, we don't all launch our products at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Asia Pacific isn't first. Europe gets them, then we get them. So there's already things kind of in the works by the time we do the launch on things here. So we're able to pull through on a lot of those applications. And it's it's nice because we've got, um, you know, global managers that we're working with, global leaders, all the way down to people that are the operators on the plant floor in, say, in Thailand or uh, in France, something like that. But it can be a double-edged sword too, because if you make a mistake, everybody in the ecosystem knows it. <laughs> so um, you've got to be very careful. So it's it's a positive, but you've always got to be doing it right. And there's always, you've got to make sure there's damage control if anything goes wrong. And we know technology is not perfect and things do go wrong. So you've got to make sure that those relationships are strong enough that if something does happen, you're able to correct it and get the PR throughout the whole three plus one ecosystem so that people are looking at us in a positive light. And we really are in a lot of the companies we're working with now. um, They really do see Omron as a player, I think much more so than in the past.
2: It's kind of a different situation, right? You could say you could get a call from, you know, from a customer at like 2 a.m. where something breaks down, where they're maybe running 24-hour shifts. Your call at 2 a.m. could be from somebody who just started their shift on the other side of the planet, right?
0: Absolutely. Probably my most difficult area for both of us would be India because we're like 11 and a half hours apart. So there's no way to make that work ever. Um, They're up very early and I'm on the phone very late with them. But it is so worthwhile. I mean, such a great team. And I mean, all of my teams are great, but I mean, it's worth a little bit of inconvenience. But you're absolutely right. There's, you know, Japan is like another 16 hours ahead of us something like that. Yeah, the time differences can be a challenge, but you can make them work.
2: Absolutely. Well, maybe maybe shifting gears a little bit and looking a little bit more macro-wise. You know, you've been focused on the the food and commodities market. What types of trends are you seeing with customers that you're working with and how is it, you know, are you seeing different trends with them locally in, in our market versus what you're seeing globally in the in the different markets or are they kind of running along a similar path?
0: No, I think as a global marketplace, everybody's pretty much focused on the same things. And the number one thing you're going to hear in any food and commodity account is deplasticing. Mm-hmm. right? We've got to reduce mm-hmm. the use of plastics, which means all the packaging is going to change. Well, that's what we do. We focus on packaging for those companies. So that's presented a lot of challenges for our customers. There's a lot of things that we've had to do proof of concepts on. Um, they're making films much thinner now. Temperature controls have to be highly adjustable. You know, there's a lot of issues that come up with that. The other thing are, uh, traceability and vision systems because quality Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people are shipping things everywhere now. And we've got to be able to track where something came from, you know, in case there's any kind of a, unsafe situation or just quality. I mean, customers are picky. They want their labels on, and not not that they shouldn't be, but they want their labels on straight. They don't want them crooked. They want to make sure if something is supposed to be red, that it's red and it's not pink. You know, so it presents a lot of challenges for our vision team that they've been doing a great job.
2: Mm -hmm. Do you see a lot of emphasis kind of on the um, biodegradable side you know, as you you mentioned that customers are are starting to shift more away from plastics, you see that being a big emphasis as an alternative packaging solution.
0: Coke has a paper bottle now. It's wow. piece of the paper. Now, I don't know how long it's going to last on the shelf, and I think it's still an experimental phase. But yeah, definitely. Um, and it's not just your standard paper either, but. Yeah, you're going to start seeing, you've probably already seen containers and packages change a lot, the look of them when you get into the store. So, yeah, that's going to continue to change and create more challenges. A lot of the problem, too, is we're finding that suppliers and vendors of these products, this is all new stuff, and we're putting it on the same machinery, and it just doesn't work the same way anymore.
2: <laughs> I hope for Coke's sake, then, that that bottle lasts better than those paper straws, you know, they give you at a restaurant. Oh, yeah. I, I could, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you those know.
0: didn't really work very well. Don't get me wrong; I'll so- say
2: it on the record. I appreciate the environment. I love the environment, but man, it just I, I think I'll just drink it out of the cup as opposed <laughs> to drink out of a paper <laughs> straw.
0: There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's um. There's going to be a lot more changes coming as well, and I even some of the larger accounts we work with, they're buying recycling companies, so they're they're looking at it from the full gamut of production all the way to. Now we got to take this and we've got to reuse it because, you know, nobody Mm -hmm. really recycles plastics anymore. Um, It's just I mean, they do, but it's not the way we think it is. And we throw everything in our containers uh, for recycling. So it's difficult to find, you know, the right kind of plastic and it can be sent to this location. And it's Mm -hmm. very complicated. So I think a lot of them have said, forget it. We're just going to buy the recyclers and we're going to start at that end as well.
1: There was just an episode of John Oliver where he was telling everybody, you think you're buying something recyclable and there's those numbers and it's sort of like a panacea, like, oh, I have recyclable plastic, but like you said, it's too difficult to sort it out. And so um, it, it's I'm glad to hear that they're addressing it um, from, from that, that standpoint of recycling it and doing a better job. That's cool. On the topic of changes, we're hopefully coming out of a global pandemic here. And I think we've all seen some things in our daily personal lives that maybe will continue after pandemic, right? So what are some things that you see happening from a food and commodities industry standpoint that COVID accelerated or completely changed that maybe
0: will stick? Well it's really interesting. I mean, one of the first things that have been really affected are trade shows, right? We don't do trade shows anymore. I think they're going to come back. We're planning PEC Expo in Vegas. Um, we'll see how that goes. We've done a lot of virtual trade shows, mm-hmm. but I don't think it'll ever replace the face-to-face. I mean, we're human beings, right? You want to talk. We want to, you know, do more than just virtual relationships, but I do think you're going to see, More emphasis on continue with some of the virtual trade shows. There's a huge cost savings there, besides, right? Mm -hmm. But I think some of the big ones are always going to be around because I mean that's what people want to do. It's the best way to display your goods and develop new relationships. I think another huge one is e-commerce. e-commerce is really becoming a big issue for a lot of our customers and Many of them are using third-party platforms like Amazon because they're really not equipped to do that. But what's really nice is a lot. that's pushing a lot of our solutions like the um, flexible manufacturing because now we're using robots to pack three of these and two of these and four of these. And so, um, I mean, everything's just becoming highly automated. Plus, you know, I think anybody realizes that, first of all, there is a labor shortage throughout the world. There really is. Uh, I hear it in Europe, I hear it in Southeast Asia, and we know we have it here as well. So robotics is going to be in higher demand, I think, than before. So then on top of that, doing these flexible manufacturing applications is going to require a lot more from our equipment. And fortunately, we have really good solutions for that. So, um, yeah, so the e-commerce, some companies are better than others. Some admittedly, know, they have a a long way to go. So it's our job to make sure that they can achieve Mm -hmm. those goals, because I don't think that's going to go away. I mean, Mm -hmm. Amazon's been growing and I think COVID made it so convenient for people, it's just going to continue to grow.
1: I have friends who say they'll never step into a grocery store again, right? It's all going to trickle back, right? To the people who are supplying the grocery stores and how all that looks.
2: It's sad because it's so fun to just kind of cruise around the grocery store, right? And you go for one thing, you leave with five. You won't get that experience when you're doing it online. But I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now. Uh,
1: well, here in Chicago, right, there's Mariano's and you can get like a glass of wine. I remember mm-hmm. I had a friend visit from North Carolina and she was like, what is
0: this? She's like, can we go to the grocery store again? <laughs> sure,
2: yeah.
0: Enhancing that experience. I'll tell you, that's, yes. that's very true. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. With the pandemic and everything, um, I think we wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit of how you've adapted your account management style to to deal with, obviously, less in-person visits, more virtual style. How have you maybe modified your sales approach and how, how it's how it's helped you?
0: Well, I think we did rely a lot on face to face meetings. And I mean, I traveled virtually every week. Sometimes I'd have a week off and it's been really odd to be at home in the office, right? So we've been doing a lot more, you know, implementation of virtual demos and ATC tours virtual. I think our presentations are really great. We're using a lot more video than we used to. So I think we're going to continue to do that. We've, I mean, we achieved some really good things this year and we did not meet with many customers at all. So uh-huh. obviously we're doing something right. And I think, and I'll be the first to admit it, social media, I've not been real big on that and real strong and I'm much better at it now. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think everybody in the company has gotten much better at it as well. So we have a lot of, a lot more plate spinning.
2: Have you found that those virtual ATC visits have still been successful, like able to kind of get the essence of what you're trying to get that we you would typically do an in-person demonstration?
0: Yes. Um, we've demoed a lot of our, like the HD 1500 virtually um, and other mobile robots, um, done demos on some vision products. And yeah, it sparked quite a bit of interest and there, you know, have has gotten us into places where uh, we're looking at the next steps in those applications. Now that's great, but we need something to load on it or we need, you know, so yeah, we're definitely moving along in that. And it might have been faster in person, and and I mean, we'll do it again in person, but mm-hmm. it's not like we sat idly by this year, for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think part of that, too, would be to tell, you know, obviously those listening to this, right, that there is still benefits and there's things you can accomplish virtually, right, that maybe a year ago we didn't think was possible. But here we are. Fast forward. I mean, none of us have lived through a pandemic before, right, and we're making it happen.
0: Definitely.
2: Absolutely. Now, Terry, everybody that comes on has to answer a trivia question. Okay. So in the spirit of the food and commodities industry, and maybe the letters F and C, (laughs) do you know who invented the first fruit cake?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do I have time to Google that? (laughs) <laughs>
2: you can um, phone a friend. I, I, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Um, it, it, it was invented by a very ancient civilization.
0: Egypt? Boom. Wow. Wow. Give you the applause. Thank you.
2: Now, good. culinary, as, as I read, culinary lore claims that ancient Egyptians placed early versions of the fruitcake on the tombs of loved ones, perhaps as food for the afterlife. So
0: is that because he's talking food about food fun beverage? facts?
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I did. I had another fact, but I figured it was, there was no way you would guess it. I think it said that the oldest fruitcake was 106 years old and that when they found it, they were like, this is almost edible. So the <laughs> fact that it could last a hundred years. Now,
1: is that, is that, that's like the ancient version of a Twinkie, right? Because you can have a Twinkie that's 20 years old and eat that, right?
2: <laughs> Experience minimal problems, right? Minimal. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, you got some problems if you're eating that Twinkie yeah. to start, whether it's old or brand new.
0: Yes. <laughs> you guys, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you, Terry. This was great.
2: Yes, thank you, Terry. This has been fantastic. Thank you everyone for joining Carrie Me for the operation automation podcast. If you have topics you'd like to hear discussed on future episodes, please send them to our email address omrannow at omran.com with podcast idea in the subject line. Also, if you'd like to submit a song to us, we're looking for intro and outro music options. This can be submitted to the same email. Finally, all the cool things you learn on this podcast can be found at automation.omran.com. So until next time, We put the fun in factory automation very well done.